Good morning, church. It is great to um, to go and spend time with family. It's great to come home and spend time with family. Hey, God is wonderful. I thank you to everyone that filled in uh, to assist while I was away. I'm very thankful to be be back. Um, talked to Pat for a moment, and he wasn't sure who I was until he saw the back of my head. Um, it's me. <laughs> It's good to see you. Let's go to God in prayer. Our great God, we praise your holy and divine name and thank you so very much. Thank you for guiding us and blessing us. Thank you for strengthening us. Thank you for this day, for allowing us to assemble to worship you. Praying, Lord God, that you will clear our minds of worldly thoughts and help us to take this moment, this time, to give you all the praise, the honor, and the glory, to make it all about you. Help us never to forget Jesus, your great son, who so willingly died on that cruel cross of Calvary that we might live. Thank you, Lord God, for all that you do, for all that you've done, for your goodness, for your compassion, and for your kindness. And thank you for all that you will do in our future. In Jesus' holy and precious name, we pray and thank thee, if it be thy will. Amen. Please turn to Proverbs chapter 6. Satan's single... Ladies, when one thinks of Satan, we think of that old crafty beast. Satan is likened to a cunning serpent. He's, he's seeking someone to devour. And the devil doesn't act alone. The devil has his angels. He has a multiplicity of messengers that are doing his bidding. And the messengers that I want to focus on today would be his single ladies. When you add the prefix, miss, before a word, it it entirely changes that word's meaning. The word then carries with it the idea of wrong or false. So in this lesson today, we're going to use the prefix as it applies to bad or negative behavior. Keep in mind that all these ladies are single, dedicated to Satan to do his bidding. The first one is Miss Chivas. You know who she is, right? Been there a time or two. I'm sure you have as well. She'll get you into all kinds of trouble. In Proverbs 6 and verse 16, uh, there are six things which the Lord hates. Yes, seven which are an abomination to him. Hearty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. A heart that advises wicked plans. Feet that run rapidly to evil. A false witness who utters lies. And one who spreads strife among brothers. Feet that run rapidly to evil. That's mischief, isn't it? That's mischievous behavior. First Corinthians chapter 15, the Bible tells us to stay away from people that just have to get into trouble. In verse 33, the Bible says, do not be deceived, my beloved. Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. See? We get around mischievous people. We'll find ourselves living in such a way that 
We, we forget who we are. I'm going to come back to that in just a moment. We forget who we are. Back to Proverbs, please. Chapter 1. Proverbs chapter 1. Here's what happens when we are around mischievous people. That bad company changes our mindsets. It changes who we are or even who we aspire to become. And we find ourselves doing things that we ought not do. The Bible says in verse 8 of Proverbs chapter 1, Hear, my son, your father's instruction, and do not forsake your mother's teaching. Indeed, they are a graceful wreath to your head and an ornament about your neck. My son, of sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come with us, let us lie and wait for blood. Let us ambush the innocent without a cause. And it goes on to talk about this, this type of behavior. And God says, don't go with them. Don't go with them. Mischievous people will cause Christians to misbehave. And some of our brethren have misdemeanors as a result. You see, you gotta follow the laws of the land. You gotta honor God in all that you do. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. But when we get around bad company, it corrupts our morals. It corrupts who we are. And we don't even see it coming. Here's what's sad. What's sad is when Christians don't even realize we're around bad company. That shows you how corrupted our minds oftentimes become. God says in verse 14, Do not be bound together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what fellowship has light with darkness? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God, just as God has said. I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from their midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean. And I will welcome you. I will be a father to you and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord. Almighty. Matthew, please, chapter chapter 5. You know another sad thing? Is when the world seems more moral than Christians. Mischievous behavior. Bad company corrupts good morals. If there is someone or something keeping you out of heaven, Get rid of it. Get rid of them. Get them out of your life. Move far away from them. Jesus said it. Matthew 5 and verse 29. Jesus says, And if your right eye makes you stumble, tear it out and throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of the parts of your body perish than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right 
hand caught or makes you stumble, cut it off or throw it from you. For it is better for you that one of your parts of your body perish than for the whole body to go into hell. God says, get rid of the stuff that's causing you to stumble. Do we recognize? Turn to Hebrews, please, chapter 12. Do we recognize the things that so easily entangles us? Do we recognize the things that are causing us to stumble? Another sad thing. Sometimes those are the very things that we love the most. Hebrews 12, beginning in verse 1, the Bible says, Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Proverbs chapter 4 tells us to stay away from mischief. Stay away from sin. Stay away from people who are not living for Jesus. You ever thought in your mind, you know, well, I'm going to change them? No, they'll change you. A whole lot more of them than there are of us. And in Proverbs 4, the Bible says, beginning at verse 14, Do not enter the path of the wicked, and do not proceed in the way of evil men. Avoid it, do not pass by it. Turn away from it, and pass on. For they cannot sleep unless they do evil. They are robbed of sleep unless they make someone stumble. For they eat the bread of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. Someone says, you you know, preacher, we don't hang around those kind of people until Friday night. Saturday night. God is encouraging his people to be the guide, to be the leaders, to be the examples, not to follow. We don't follow, church. We lead. Proverbs 13. In verse 20, the Bible says, From the very page of God's word, he who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. And so what happens is, in life, this other daughter, another one comes along, and this, 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 this sister, this single lady, called misrepresentation. And here's what happens. Because of all the bad behavior that we find ourselves amongst, that we have to rec- we have to reconcile in our minds, you know, well, we know this is bad, and you know, but it's not too bad, and we start justifying our lives. And we begin to misrepresent Jesus. And we allow this 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 uh, situation, these people, and this and this sin to misrepresent us. But actually, it represents us clearly, doesn't it? If we're living like the world. Some Christians have become so comfortable with evil that good has been exchanged for it. And it feels comfortable to do evil 
because it seems like it's good because of the world. I'll give you an example. Like, like lying is our new norm. No, it's not. That's a misrepresentation of Christ. No, it's the new norm, brethren. It is the new norm. And it's even been dumbed down to other ideas and words. It is a total misrepresentation. But the world has infiltrated our minds. And oddly, Christians support it. Isaiah, please, chapter chapter 5. See, God knew. Because God knows humanity. God knows that when we become weakened, in a weakened state, we do things that we know are wrong and we become comfortable with it. And God gives us a warning. You know another thing that's the norm? Oh, we, don't get married. Live together first. That's the new norm, right? That's okay. Well, you should do that, right? No, that's the, that's wrong. It's a misrepresentation of Jesus. Fornication is still sin. Isaiah 5 and verse 20, the Bible says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who substitute darkness for light and light for darkness. Who substitute bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Woe to those who are wise in their own eyes and clever in their own sight. Woe to those who are heroes in drinking wine and valiant men in mixing strong drink who justify the wicked for a bribe and take away the rights of the ones who are in the right. God says that's a misrepresentation of godliness. Do we see right as right and wrong as wrong still? Luke, please, chapter 6. Misrepresentation has caused many Christians to live worldly lives, forgetting, forgetting who they are. She has caused many to forget whom it is that we represent as God's children. Christians are ambassadors for Christ, not for Satan. Satan is still alive and well. Luke 6 and verse 39, the Bible says, And he also spoke a parable to them, A blind man cannot guide a blind man can he will they not both fall into the pit almost seems like the new norm doesn't it the blind are leading the blind and folks turn to Matthew please 24 are mixed up and you know what happens what happens is that other sister we begin to make more and more mistakes and you know, any of us can fall, right? No one's, no one's above that. Matthew 24 and verse 24 tells us even the elect can fall. The Bible says, For false Christ and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead if possible even the elect. To be misguided, to be, to be misled, it's hard to believe that some of the brethren, strong brethren, Right? And you look at them years down the line and you find they've been misled. So something happened and, and, they, and, they, and they turned away from the Christ. And you wonder, wait, wait a minute, I never saw that coming. That's when we lose sight of Satan. When you lose sight of Satan, you never see it coming. But as long as you keep your eyes focused on Satan 
in the sense of being able to stay away, you can see anything coming. Realize good is good and evil is evil. And try your best not to be misled from or by Satan. See, that is why we have to be about the Father's business all of the time. I want to show you a congregation of people. Uh, Third John, please. Uh, who, who really, uh, they, they just, they weren't paying attention. And, and I'm going to show you Israel. They, they weren't paying attention. And when you don't pay attention, uh, subtle things begin to happen. When you, when you play religion, things happen. You can't play religion. It's real. We, we must stay on the alert at all times so as not to be misled. Look at this. Third John, verse nine. I wrote something to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first among them, does not accept what we say. For this reason, if I come, I will call attention to his deeds, which he does, unjustly accusing us with wicked words and not satisfied with this, neither does he himself receive the brethren, and he forbids those who desire to do so and puts them out of the church. Beloved, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. The one who does good is of God, and the one who does evil has not seen God. Sometimes I wonder if we even recognize evil anymore. Like it's the new norm. And this man, Diotrephes, crept into the church, and they all gave their hearts to him. They gave him the power, and the man misled the church. Put folks out of the Lord's church. How do you do that? Back to Isaiah, please, chapter 9. How does one do that? Well, it's because people, children of God, stop paying attention. And when children of God are no longer on the alert, and we stop paying attention, evil creeps in. And when evil creeps in, you find the masses being misled. When you read the context of Isaiah chapter 9, it's about being misled. Israel being misled. I'm grabbing verse uh, 16, kind of out of context. But listen, the context of it is being misled. But listen to what God says. For those who guide this people are leading them astray. And those who are guided by them are brought to confusion. And that's what happens, church. When Satan infiltrates the church, the minds of the Lord's people... God's people go astray and become confused. Be careful for these single ladies of Satan. There are, are times, turn to Acts please, chapter 8, that, that here's one, one man who doesn't necessarily, I, I would say, see himself as a leader. But this man is, is uh, wicked and, and evil. And... He misled the entire city. Listen to what it says. Verse verse 9. Acts 8 verse 9. There was a certain man named Simon who formerly was practicing magic in the city. And astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great. And they all, from the smallest to the greatest, were giving attention to him, saying, This man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. But when they believed Philip, preaching the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. And even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip 
And as he observed the signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. Look, Simon was good at magic. And people who didn't know their Bibles confused magic with God. God doesn't do magic. Make sure your children know that. God doesn't do magic. Right? Magic is a whole nother... You, you need to go talk to them about that one. Simon misled all of the people of the city. And they began to think that he was some great thing from God. And yet, nowhere on the pages of Scripture do you find magic as being something from God. Look back, if you will, to Ecclesiastes Chapter 7. Do not be misled. And do not let your children be misled. Verse 19. Wisdom strengthens a wise man more than ten rulers who are in a city. Wisdom. You only get wisdom when you get it from two places. You can get it from the world. You can get it from Satan. Or you can get it from God. The wisdom from God will keep us from being misled. In Acts chapter, I mean, excuse me, Ecclesiastes 9 and verse 18. Wisdom is better than weapons of war. One sinner destroys much good. See, you have to do two things to gain this wisdom. Go to James chapter 1. You gotta, you gotta pray for it. Pray God open your eyes up to see the truth. Then you need to go read. Go read his word and ask God to open up, open up your mind to see the truth of God's word. So as not to be misguided or misled. God says in James 1, in verse 5, But if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men generously and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Ask God to open your minds to understand the truth of his word. First Kings, please, chapter 13. Being misguided. That, that single, that single sister's trouble. And, and it's, it, it, it's easy to be misguided when, when you take your mind off of, off of righteousness and justice. It's easy to be misguided. It's really, because you start thinking about everything else. When you think about, about what God, what thus saith the Lord, what God wants, what God expects of us, it's, it's tougher to be misguided. But here's something you gotta do. You have a responsibility. When you hear things out there, Go check and see if it's in the scriptures. You know, when they say something to you, it's in the Bible, they say, well, you know, you know, God says, and they say, well, God says, and then you go back and you go figure out, well, is that, is that what really what God said? Remind yourself of what thus saith the Lord. Stay in the book. Stay in the scriptures. Read and study. Again, don't play religion. It's not a game. Satan's not playing. To be misguided, to be misled is of the devil. And Satan's full of tricks. 
Now I want to go back and look at this old prophet. Here's a young prophet, and there's an old prophet. There's a true prophet, and there's a false prophet. And the young prophet did something that oftentimes we find ourselves doing. We don't go back and investigate what thus saith the Lord. Or we might start forgetting, either forgetting or disbelieving what God said. Did God really say that? Is that, I mean, is it, you know, you know how Satan works, right? Did, you know, from the Old Testament, did God say you couldn't eat from any of the trees? Oh, no, 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 that's not what God said. No, no, don't talk to Satan. It's a setup. It's a trap. Well, God didn't say we couldn't do it. Does God have to say you couldn't do it or you can't do it? Do you know how large the book would be if God said everything we couldn't do? Do you know how it would be? Not only would it be a large book, it would have to be revised over and over and over and over and over again. Because we all become with new stuff that God did. Well, he didn't say you couldn't do it. If we focus on what God said, you don't have to worry about what he didn't say. Because you'll be away from those things anyway. Let me show you the prophet. First Kings chapter 13. Beginning of verse 14. The young man and the old prophet. So he went out to the man of God and found him sitting under the oak. Now, the man of God is the young preacher, the good preacher, the right preacher, the right prophet. He said to him, are you the man of God who came from Judah? And he said, I am. Then he said to him, come home with me and eat bread. And he said, I cannot return with you, nor go with you, nor will I eat bread or drink water with you in this place. For a command came to me by the word of the Lord, you shall eat no bread nor drink water there. Do not return by going the way which you came. Now, if that's the command of God, you ought to revisit that command over and over and over again. Right? The commands of God, we ought to revisit over and over and over again. So as not to be misled. What does thus say the Lord? Remind yourself continuously, day after day, what is it that the Lord says to me? And obey that. Follow that. Live by that. Watch what happens when we forget. Verse 17 again, please. The Bible says, For a command came to me by the word of the Lord, You shall eat no bread, nor drink water there. Do not return by going the way which you came. And he said to him, I also am a prophet like you. And an angel spoke to me by the word of the Lord, saying, Bring him back with you to your house, that he may eat bread and drink water. But he lied to him. So he went back with him and ate bread in his house and drank water. And later that prophet died for his sin. He was supposed to go back and revisit what God said to him. There are so many people being misled by preachers in this world today. Because instead of following what God said, following these preachers. And these preachers, these leaders, these elders, these deacons, these whatever they are, these priests, these are leading people astray, these bishops that lead them astray. Because people are not going back to say, but this is what God said. And so they're saying, well, you know, 
So-and-so said this, and I kind of like that person a lot. Do not be misled. And then finally, the final single lady. Have you ever been misunderstood? Misunderstanding. Church, the, uh, the time has come that we, that we honestly admit that because of misunderstandings, the church has sometimes, oftentimes, fallen apart. You know, you ever, you ever tried to say something and it, you, you try to formulate your words, you even prayed about it. I just want to say this right. I just want to be humble and meek. When I, say, I, want to, I, I, don't want to, I don't want trouble. And it just doesn't come out the way you want it to. Because of miscommunication. You've watched the church, right? Split. You've watched the church split over misunderstandings or miscommunication. You've seen it. How sad that Satan uses all these evils against us. Turn please to Ephesians chapter 6. The church has been divided and beaten up and struggled. Families resist each other and you know, you just... Families go against one another, and, and then you, and that's when we come up with the, you know, we, we, we preachers, we joke about the east side church, and the west side church, the north side, and the south side church, right? <laughs> you know, there's no east side, west side, north side, in, the, in heaven. All, you know, but, you know, we, church splits, right? Because I just don't like the way they said that, or I don't, or I didn't understand what they meant, but I already, but it, they already said it, and so now it's too. And then our pride gets in the way, and now I can't go back and say I'm sorry. I misunderstood what you what you meant when you said what you said, and so it was partly my fault. We just we gotta work things out. Right? Give uh, our Christian brethren an opportunity to explain themselves properly. Ephesians six, remembering this: that man is not our enemy; Satan is. Verse 10. Finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and against the powers, against the world force of darkness and against the spiritual force of wickedness in the heavenly places. And then he says, stand strong, right? We gotta stand up. Stand, stand, stand. God says, you gotta stand. Brother, the lesson today was designed, hopefully and prayerfully, so you'll say, you know, I need to think some things over. Maybe a little more than I have in the past. Maybe I've been, I've been playing religion, playing church. I'm not really serious about it yet. Maybe I'll not do that anymore. Maybe I need to recognize that Satan has demons out there who are working against us. I know today was just a word play. But understand, I think you understood the lesson clearly. Let us be what God wants us to be. And let us not miss heaven over our own weaknesses and pride. Let us honor God and serve Him. Today, if you've not surrendered to Christ in the waters of baptism, we... We invite you to surrender to Jesus. Don't miss heaven.
believing His Word, repenting of your sins, confessing His name, and being baptized, immersed in water for the remission of your sins. If you're struggling in your faith and your walk with Jesus, and we can help you in any way, what a beautiful opportunity and day. You're amongst family. Let's help each other work it out. You can make that known. In a moment, we're going to stand and sing a song of invitation. If we can help assist you in any way, please let us know. If you're watching online, thank you for being with us today. Contact us. Contact the church. Contact the elders. Allow us to help you as God has helped us. God bless you and thank you for your time.